So welcome everyone to our latest RNI Soundbites podcast. I'm Paul Seidel, I'm counsel in the RNI team in London. And Julianne Alige Dubarz, a partner in the restructuring team in London. We're going to look at the, the Nostrum scheme of arrangement. So I guess let's start off, why, why, why is that relevant for listeners? Yeah, so quite quite a topical one. So I think this, this one is relevant because it, it shows the impact that um, sanctions is having on restructurings in circumstances where the debtor group um, itself is not targeted to sanctions. So here, just by your background, um, Nostrum and, and the note holders locked up and, and launched a consensus station to, to change the governing law from um, New York law um, to English law um, in anticipation of a scheme, a scheme of arrangement. So, so certainly a, a well-trodden path there. Um, but only after that, um, Ukraine-related UK, EU, US and Guernsey sanctions were, were introduced. So the, the debtor group was, was not affected, but just over 7% of the node holders were. Uh, so implementing a, any kind of restructuring via uh, you know, exchange or amendment of the debt would, would most likely require licenses in, in multiple jurisdictions. But, but it turns out that the effect of US sanctions is such that an OFAC, uh, OFAC li- license may be required to enable a scheme meeting to proceed. So this could also be the case more broadly for voting on certain consents or amendments under the relevant debt documents um, in, in, in other transactions. But, but in any event here, the, the, the license would then enable a US resident non-sanctioned creditor to participate in the scheme without breaching, without breaching US sanctions. So without that license, creditors who are U.S. persons or otherwise required to comply with U.S. sanctions, US sanctions so um, say due to their internal policy, may not be able to vote, even if that results in the breach of their obligations in the, the lockup agreement. So do you think there's anything further that we might want to add about what it might mean going forwards? Or? So yeah, I mean, interesting. Interestingly, um, what what happened here is that ultimately uh, in Nostrum, a U.S. OFAC license was obtained. It took about four weeks um, after the convening hearing. It, it then allowed those U.S. residents, uh, U.S. resident uh, non-sanctioned creditors to attend and vote. But importantly, not the two um, sanctioned Russian banks. Um, so I think in, in terms of of implementation, the usual tools uh, were, were broadly used um, that said sanctioned creditors could not designate a person to, to, to receive their scheme consideration, but, but broadly they used the holding period trust to, um, to enable an implementation. And on, on the facts, it was clear that even, um, even had the US sanctioned creditors not been supportive and voted, their, their votes would have made no difference and the, the restructuring would have been approved in any event. Now, this is relevant um, for the future, um, as it would be interesting to see how future schemes and restructuring plans will address these questions around the inability to participate in creditors' meetings or attend court hearings, particular, particularly in um, situations where sanctioned creditors are, are not supportive. Uh, it is also interesting that in this case, um, the identity of sanctioned creditors was was known to the debtor group because they were party to the lockup agreement. But that, but that not, might not be the case in the future, given, for example, in um, you know note holder contacts, you, you might not know who you are proposing to scheme or or um, 
or use the restructure your plan in relation to. Brilliant. Well, thanks for that. I mean, I'm sure sanctions are going to be an issue going forward for some time. We've seen them creep into quite a few um, transactions recently.